What exactly is the right way to spot somebody? I'm putting out a call for all couples who train together, perhaps even prep together. I need to hear from you. And the big question of the week, do we just need to blow up the NPC entirely? And if so, what would we change? Let's do it. And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee. This is The Drop Set. With your host, Darren Starr. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 196 of The Drop Set. Good to be back with you all. Consecutive weeks here. We're done with the holidays, right? I think even through Christmas, I might be here. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. No big promises yet. Um, <clears throat> we're largely going to jump right into it uh, rather than rehash all the usual stuff. I will tell you, go to the website, that's thedropset.com, to check out the poll, which is still the same one from last week. Um, and from there, you can also click through to fivestarphysique.com and see all the other stuff that I have available there. Workout programs, um, swag, there's some new swag coming up. Um, <clears throat> you can read about coaching programs and stuff like that. I'm still... It sounds like I'm still wrestling with some stuff here. I'm actually not. Um, prior to uh, coming on here, I was taking a drink and it like went down the proverbial wrong pipe or something like that. So that's what I'm wrestling with here. That should clear up as we get through this here. So um, the current poll that's up online right now, assuming you hit your macros accurately, what, descri- what best describes your dietary philosophy? Um, the options are mostly clean, but working a little crap, working as much junk as I safely can, or eat clean all the way. So go check out thedropset.com. Check out the poll at the top of the page. I want to get some more votes on that. We will have a new one up probably next week. So the first thing that I want to jump into here that I alluded to at the top in our little teaser is um, regarding uh, couples. We talked about this a few episodes back. This would have been an episode, oh... 193, realistically, um, where I kind of prognosticated a little bit about my experience with uh, couples who work out together, whether they train together, whether they prep together, you know, whether it's uh, it makes sense for them to be in similar phases, opposing phases, or anything like that. I want to hear from you um, because there's only so much insight that I can offer here because that's not a situation that I am in currently. So um, this would be a great topic. So if you have anything to offer on that, regardless of what side of that you fall on, um, or maybe it's just, you know, sharing your own experience without really too much of an opinion, that would be great. So that's a good topic to call into or hit me up on social media and share your story there or email me. So uh, the call in number uh, 865 518-2974. That's on the website at thedropset.com. You can also contact me through there as well, or hit me up on social media, Instagram at Darren underscore star is probably the best way to do that. You can also go to five star physique on Facebook and message me through there. Um, I am actually seeing those messages now for a long time. I was not, uh, I, was, I kind of had fallen out of favor with Facebook, um, largely because their apps suck. Um, I'm not going to lie. They have this app and I've, I've complained about this here before this, what do they call it? Facebook business suite or some such crap. Um, what is it? What do they call it now? Yeah. Facebook business suite. This app is absolute garbage. So this is the app that you use to manage your, your business page on Facebook. It's a pile of crap, like notifications, message notifications, responding to stuff, posting stuff is super unreliable. It's just, it's so I've decided to just wrestle with it and deal with it as best I can. Um, also on Facebook, 
We do have the um, private group for podcast listeners. If you search for The Drop Set Listeners, you can find that group, request access to it. I will see that and grant you access to it. We are up to a whopping like 25 people in there now, something like that. So it's still the ground floor. When there's 7,000 people in there, you know, 800 years down the road, you'll think like, man, I was in there right when it all started. Oh, yeah, buddy. So um, still very much in its infancy, but trying to grow that. And hey, it costs you nothing. So go join it now so that when stuff does start going down, you'll be there and you'll see it happen. Um, So uh, tell me your stories. Share share your stories. Um, Call in and leave a message. Email me. Hit me up through social media. Tell me. I I would like to hear your voice. So I'd love for you to call in 865-518-2974. I would love for you to call in so you can talk for a little bit about specifically what your experience has been, um, what you learned from that, what you might do differently the next time, if it was a good experience, if it was a lousy experience or what, you know, so it'd be, it'd be great to hear from anyone who has gone through prep, um, or, uh, just trains regularly with someone that, that they live with, um, that you have to share space with and it, not a workout partner that you can just get pissed off at and leave and go your separate ways and get back, um, get back in touch with the next day or two days later or whatever. Or so somebody that you actually have to share continuous space with that really, really changes the dynamic. So, um, let's talk a little bit as we dig into it here. You can tell like, man, we're, we're, we're no nonsense here today. Yeah. And you know why it's because I'm excited to eat, but I can't eat until I'm done recording this podcast. So we're going to get through 45 topics in eight minutes. That's the goal here. No, we got, we got, we got a big one to cover here, but this one, um, is another big one. So this, this comes from a client and, um, uh, asking, would it be possible to cover the do's and don'ts of spotting? Um, which is, Totally fair. Totally fair. So, um, and this is universal. So this is one of those topics that whether you're in prep or not, doesn't really matter. So a a few things about spotting. First of all, um, let's start with the very basics. If you don't know what spotting is, it is the act of helping somebody else with their lift. So, um, that is the key thing to keep in mind. You aren't doing it for them. You're helping them. You're there mostly as moral support than anything else. You are the security blanket Um, because the biggest boost that somebody gets from spotting is the confidence in knowing that they can try something that they might not try on their own and they will more often than not, well, I don't know about more often than not, but they will very often discover that they're capable of doing that without any help. Um, I would say of all the times I've ever asked to help somebody spot in the gym, the number of times I actually actively do anything is probably like, I don't know, it's probably like 25, 30% of the time. Um, and a lot of that just depends on who's asking you, right? Because if you get some dumbass that doesn't know what they can do and they're like, well, I did my, my first few sets at 135 and I figured I'd try to go up and wait. So I tried 225 for my bench. I'm like, dumbass, you don't jump up 90 pounds all at once if you don't know you can do it. Like smaller increments, come on, let's use our brains here. Um, but your goal really is to not do anything that that should be the goal if, if you are spotting correctly you aren't doing anything you're out of the way and you're just there if you need to be uh and that's it so um the the main thing that i would tell somebody if you're spotting is to make sure your presence can be felt but that you're not seen you know like if somebody is doing a bench i'm not hovering over them because the last thing i need, it's, think think about how it's like when you are doing a bench press um you're on your back, you're looking up at the ceiling and you're looking up at some dude's nose or up their shorts or something like that. It's like, get out of the field of view. 
Like, if you're at a point on your bench where you need to have your hands on the bar throughout the whole set or this person's going to die, like, they don't need to be touching that weight. Like, you should be able to stand three, four, five feet back, watch what's going on. You'll have a better view from back there anyway, as far as the bar path and how it's traveling, bar speed, direction. Um, And you've got time to take two steps forward, put your hands on the bar, get yourself in position, and lift. Uh, So... There is absolutely a technique and an art to spotting. And I think just what you want to do is conceptually have the right ideas in mind, which is your goal is to not touch that bar. Let them do the reps. Let them move the weight. Let them finish the set uh, and let them struggle with it. Like on a bench, um, I'm not if they, if they start if they're pushing the bar is going up and it starts slowing down. I'm not I'm not jumping in. You know, when I jump in, when the bar starts going back down. Like when, when it's clear, because when, 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 when you're pushing up and that bar changes direction and starts coming back down, it ain't changing direction again and going back up. Like that's it. That, that's that rep is over. So that's when you jump in, um, on a squat, it might be a little bit different. So we'll break it down here. Um, as far as like when a spot is even appropriate, how, how best to do it, what to watch for. Cause they're depending on the lift, you might need to be a little bit more involved. I would say, um, a bench press is probably the the place where you're most commonly going to be called in for a spot. Now, the other question is, do you really need a spot? That is a big open-ended question. So, um, I would say no, you don't need one. It could be nice to have one. It's one of those things that's like a luxury car. You don't need one to get to point A from point B, but it can make the journey a little bit nicer if you do. So, um, I, I, man, how many times have I asked for, for a spot in my life? I don't know. A dozen, two dozen, maybe in my entire lifting life, like very infrequently, very infrequently. So, um, and whenever it is, it's always been just because I want that security blanket because I'm like, I'm pretty sure I can do this, but I don't want to try it on my own. Um, and of course, we're always talking free weights here. Like, you don't need a spot in a Smith machine. You really don't need a spot with a dumbbell press either because what you want for a spot is there's, well, there's, there's two reasons why you might want a spot. The first one is so that you don't get stuck and kill yourself, right? So, a barbell move, like a barbell press where, you know, worst case scenario, that bar lands on you. And if you're a dumbass and you use collars, then, you know, you're, you're in a world of hurt. Cause like, mm, how do I get this bar off me? I'm kind of stuck at this point. Okay. I'm going to have to dump it to one side and then try and worm my way out from underneath it. Kind of sucks. Pretty embarrassing. You want to avoid that. With dumbbells, worst case scenario, you fail on a rep. What happens? Well, you just drop the dumbbells off to the side. Make sure they don't land on anybody's toes or roll on anybody's phone or anything like that. But otherwise, you've got an easy out there. The other reason why you might want a spot is to squeeze out some additional reps that you otherwise couldn't get on your own. That is when it's okay to put your hands on the bar and assist somebody. That's usually going to be your workout partner. Like you aren't going to ask some random person in the gym to help you in that capacity because they don't know how you lift. They don't know what your tendencies are. They don't, uh, they don't read your body language well or anything like that. And if you're going to get a spot to help you push additional reps, that's when you need somebody that kind of understands how you lift and is kind of inside your head a little bit already. So two, two different ways in which you might spot somebody there. Um, the, the, 
lifts that we might spot on bench press of course being one barbell bench specifically you can you can get some um extra um reps on a dumbbell press that's fine um or a shoulder press even um dumbbell shoulder press barbell shoulder press would call for a spot and the same same philosophy and principle applies there as you'd use for a barbell bench press like get out of the way and don't don't get yourself involved until you're needed until that bar is moving in the wrong direction and even then most shoulder press racks or cages are set up so that the the lifter can kind of dump the bar on their own not usually possible on a bench press you bring it down then you're kind of stuck um a, a lot of uh, shoulder press cages are set up with a little bit of an easier out so um there's a question on like a dumbbell press, what be it, you know, flat incline bench, uh, shoulder press, whatever, where do you spot? You know, do you, do you go from under the elbows? Do you spot from the wrists, like kind of grab the wrist and gently guide them up and keep them in track? There isn't really a wrong answer on that. And as a spotter, you always want to ask the lifter what their preference is. Um, because you don't want to like be providing support from under the elbow if that's not where they're expecting it. And then suddenly, you know, their tricep isn't engaged correctly and you lift the elbow up and that dumbbell comes in and clonks them on the side of the head. You know, they, they've got to know what you're going to do. So there at least needs to be a conversation about it so that you uh so that you know or certainly you know you can just come in and assume wrist because that's not going to be a problem it might not be optimal but you can assume that you're not going to cause a problem doing that if you assume elbow and they're not expecting that that could cause a problem just with the way body mechanics work so um, always make sure that you ask and have that conversation um how do you spot a squat well it's got to be somebody that, you know, you're pretty close with, or like, if you're really lucky, it might be your gym crush. You know, um, it's, it's an up close and personal activity. If you're going to do a single person squat and spot that way, which to be clear is not the correct way to spot a squat. The correct way to do it is with two people, one on each side of the bar. And if you go to a powerlifting competition, you will see that's how it's done. They do that with bench press as well. Like any lift that is spotted is done with two people, one on each side of the bar. So, um, and there it's really just a, a safety issue to make sure somebody doesn't get stuck. Um, and even then, you know, there's usually enough weight getting lifted that one person on each side of the bar, they're going to be in a world of hurt if, if it comes down to them having to be useful. So, um, it, uh, uh, squats tricky. So, you know, a, a lot of it is, it's just such a, a invasion of personal space, you know? Um, and it can get really awkward for other reasons as well. I remember one time back when I lived in Oregon, there was a guy who was, um, he, he was watching me squat. And he's like, Hey, you want a spot? I'm like, eh, pff, okay, sure. Why not? And so he gets behind me and he starts like, it wasn't like dirty talking, but he like he starts whispering stuff in my ear. It's supposed to be like motivational, inspirational stuff, but honestly, it was just weird as shit and totally took me out of my game. And I'm like, I I can't help but laugh at this. He's he's whispering things like, "You got this, motherfucker. This weight ain't nothing. You got this. Just own this bitch. Show it who's fucking boss." I'm like, "Oh my god, dude, you absolutely do not know me. This does nothing for me right now at all." <laughs> like. I am, I am so not getting hard from this, dude. This is not pushing my buttons. <laughs> I, I, I remember, that was probably 12 years ago. I remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, it was hilarious. Um, 
but that's the thing. That's the kind of space that you're in if you're squatting somebody from behind like that. Uh, you know, your hips are going to touch probably. So just be ready for that and know it. Um, it. The the a common way to do it is to like grab somebody around the waist so that you can kind of be like a second pair of legs for them. I would say that that is probably. Um, probably the most effective way to do it. Um, but you've also like, you've, you've got to be comfortable with how this person squats. You've got to know what depth they're going to hit because the, it's a strong likelihood that all you're going to do is get in the way. Like if you're squatting like that, you, you've got to make sure that you're standing in such a way that you give them uh, room to move their hips back, that they're not hitting your legs or anything like that, because that's going to screw up their squat more than it helps. I find that with a squat, Honestly, the best spotter is a rack with bailout bars. It doesn't help you, but it keeps you from getting stuck um, so that you can always bail out if you have to. Um, uh, having a, a single-person squat assist is dicey. I don't find it to be super helpful. Um, you, you're not really going to save or get extra reps doing that, in my opinion. Um, they can help you get unstuck, but the rack can do the same thing, and the rack stays out of your way. So, um, I'm a big fan of that for other lifts like deadlift. You can't spot a deadlift. So no, <laughs> uh, anything else you're not really spotting so much as assisting. Like if you're, if you're there to spot somebody on a curl, you're, you're not really spotting anything. You're doing manual assistance uh, on reps. You're doing some forced reps at the end. Same thing with like, you know, leg extension, leg curl, where you're kind of help moving the weight a little bit. It's not a spot, you know, a, a spot is more of a correct safety thing that's just an intensifying thing which is totally valid to try and get forced reps um, you know manual assistance um, similar to manual resistance uh, except the opposite where somebody might curl a weight up and then they hold it there and then their partner would push down on the weight and and try to provide assistance beyond just the weight and gravity so manual resistance there so Manual assistance is where you're pretty much at failure. You can't do a rep without a little cheat or a little help. And you've got a partner there to help provide that. It's different from if you just cheat the rep up on your own because your partner probably isn't going to provide as much assistance as you might want them to, which means you have to do more work. So manual assistance can really, really be super effective. Again, it does require that you be pretty dialed in with your partner and you each understand um, how the other kind of moves, what their mechanics are like, kind of how their brain operates, the space that they operate in when it comes to lifting, uh, judging uh, their overall level of aggression on a certain set and how that changes from the start of the set towards the end, rep to rep. So you've really got it. That's why having a good workout partner, it's not about somebody who, you know, shows up on time is on a similar level to you can put in the work without just, you know, turning into a jabber jaw and talking the whole time. Those are all things that are really critical for a workout partner. Um, but that's kind of like the absolute basics. That's like, you know, we need a drummer for our band and we need a guy with, you know, uh, that has all the appropriate limbs can hold a stick and can keep time. Like, okay, that's great. You at that point have a drummer, but do you have somebody that's helping your band? You know, maybe not. Uh, so having a, a good partner is one that's really, really in tune with you. And same thing, if you want to be a good partner for somebody else, you got to be in tune with how that person lifts. And you got to understand like mentally how to push their buttons mechanically, the kind of help that they need and the assistance that they need. And that comes just from experience and from watching that person lift and listening to them. Um, so there, there's a lot to be learned from that. As far as the actual mechanics of spotting, it's really pretty basic. And like I said, 
let's classify it under two different categories. There's the, the safety uh, spot, and then there's the extra rep spot. So the safety spot is really pretty easy. Your goal is just to stay out of the way and not get involved. Hands off the bar. Don't touch my fucking bar until it's moving in the wrong direction is what I would tell somebody. Maybe in not so many words, but that's the idea. Uh, if you want to, you want to be a good spotter, um, keep your hands off the bar. And I will tell people that like if they, if some random person in the gym asks me for a spot, um, there's a few things that I ask, like how many reps are you going for? Okay, cool. How many have you done previously? Like I want some expectation, like I want five reps and it's like, you know, they could barely do one. Like I want to have some expectation of like, what have you been doing before? This is a 50 pound jump from your last set or what, you know, give me a little context here. So I know what to expect. Um, and then I ask like on a bench if they want help with a lift off. Um, because I know that for me, I will usually request help on a lift off, like getting the bar unracked and getting it so that it's, it's my weight at that point. Um, just because depending on how the rack is set up or how the bench is set up, I can expend a lot of energy just getting that bar unracked and, and, uh, getting loaded for it. Uh, and I don't necessarily want to waste the energy doing that. So I'll ask if they want help with a lift off. Um, and then what I will tell them is like, okay, once you've got the bar, I'm going to disappear. I'm there if you need me. I'm watching. I'm watching close, but I'm going to be out of your sight so as not to be a distraction. Um, so, like, go, go, go. I got your back, but you're not going to see me. And I just make sure that they know that so they don't, like, hey, where where do you go? Where did that guy go? Um, so, have that conversation. You know, headphones off. Have a quick, you know, 15-second conversation with this person before you go to spot. That's the conversation that I have with everybody just so that they know what to expect. And clearly, if they're, if they're like, well, I'm looking for some extra reps, so really help me out here. I'm like, okay, cool. And then I know that we're not doing a safety spot, but we're doing like a burnout spot instead, which is fine. Um, that's not usually why you're going to ask for help in the gym. You're, you're usually doing some low rep work. Like <laughs> I ask somebody, how many reps are you targeting? It's very rare that I hear a number greater than four or five. Um, like usually it's like uh, two, three, something like that. Every now and then you get somebody who's looking for 10 or whatever. That's me. You know, I, I will absolutely, you know, take a weight that I know I can get 10 reps at and go up from there and then try to get maybe 11, something like that. So pushing the boundaries a little bit, nothing wrong with that. Um, but I'm going to tell them like, yeah, let, let me struggle with this for a little bit. Um, and also set, set expectations that are kind of along the lines of, you know, I'm going to struggle with this a little bit, um, but I'm going to talk to you. So, you know, keep your headphones off, something like that. I might yell a little bit, um, but I might say things like one more, you know, um, you know, I might call an audible if I feel comfortable with it. And if, if that's the case, like you've seen how much I struggled on the previous rep. If I'm looking to get another one, let me struggle with it a little bit, but I'm going to need some help. And then I might even call for one more beyond that. So you got to have this open communication. So just make sure you can hear each other during the set. Like you don't talk to each other with headphones off and then throw the headphones back on and nobody can hear anything else. So um, there's a lot to it. Spotting is one of those things that is, um, there's, it's definitely a little bit of an art. Like it, it's, it, there's some technique to it, but there, there's a lot of finesse and, and wiggle room in how you do that as well. So uh, hopefully that helps a little bit. So now... Let, let's pivot. Let's make a transition here. So my client, Mark Rivera, brought this to my attention. This was an Instagram post from, um, it was actually Generation Iron, but it was an interview that they did with Ryan Terry, who I'm about to um, 
give you all way too much insight into me. I have no idea who Ryan Terry is. I see, I see that he has 2 million followers on Instagram. I'm not one of them. Um, I have no idea who this guy is. I, I guess he's a competitor or he might just be like a bodybuilding celebrity at this point. Um, I'm scrolling back through his feed here. Certainly looks like he's probably a competitor, but I don't see any stage shots. Oh, there's one. This is back from a month ago, but I think it was, uh, yeah, this is like a throwback or something. So, yeah, okay, so, some kind of competitor. Looks like men's physique competitor, I guess, um, based on that picture. Um, so, anyway, the, the whole idea was, um, if I can take it back to the Generation Iron post here. Hold on. Give me one second. I'm working on it. Oh, Lordy. Uh, here we are. Okay. Yep. This is what I was looking for. Um, so in this, uh, I guess this is an interview. I haven't watched it, but I'm not really too worried about the whole context of the interview, interview but just the concept. Um, the suggestion is that there should be a weight cap on men's physique to kind of help keep that category contained. Um, and to prevent too much spillover between categories like crossing over into classic physique, right? So um, if you look long enough, you will see plenty of shows. And I saw this plenty backstage as well. Lots of guys crossing over between classic physique and men's physique. Um, I've seen shows where the same guy wins the overall in both. And that should never happen should also never happen where you get the same woman who wins the overall in figure and wellness or figure and physique. It's like, all you're doing there is supporting the idea that there are too many categories to compete in, that everything's just been, it's been too homogenized at this point where there's just, you know, there's it, everything is blurry between the divisions. There are no clearly defined lines. Like you should really have to like pick a lane, go there. And if you want to travel outside that lane, it should require some real work to your physique in order to fit that standard. Like there needs to be some differentiation here. Uh, cause right now it, it, it's funny. I, I work with so many people who are aspiring competitors and they're like, I don't know what category I really fit best in. And I'm like, take your pick. It really doesn't matter <laughs> is, is honestly what I'd say. I like my, my most common answer is, well, which one do you want to um, really fit in because especially if you're looking at like doing your first show um, and competing in a in a smaller you know regional show maybe not even a national qualifier the same physique can compete in any category and and, and look appropriate it's just you have to adjust your posing significantly between them um, but you can take a bikini physique and if you pose her like um, uh, and do women's physique poses, she'll look a little undersized, maybe not lean enough, but you know, that that's going to fit right in with most people that are in that category. Probably, probably not quite big enough, maybe not quite lean enough. It's pretty typical. Um, if you're, if you're looking at that level of competition, so, um, which, okay, there's some value there in that you can experience, uh, a few different categories. If you do a few different shows or all at the same show, God forbid, it shouldn't be allowed, but whatever. Um, and get a feel for, you know, which one seems most appropriate. But you know what? The thing is, you don't need to get on stage to do that. What you need to do is work for an hour with a posing coach and run through the poses for various categories and see which ones you like and which ones you don't. Getting up on stage has no bearing on that at all. It's like all you're doing there is presenting the thing that you've practiced. So practice it and see if you like it. 
Also, go to shows and watch them. Look at other people. Look at physiques. You know, follow social media. What do you like? What do you want to be? You know, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> you don't have to compete in all these categories to figure that out. You know, whether you compete in it or you don't, whether you compete at all or you don't is immaterial. It's like, what do you want your physique to look like? That's what matters here. So, but what I want to propose with this as kind of a jumping off point is how thoroughly should we blow up the NPC? That's really the big question because clearly I think a lot of things need to change. And I have talked about this a lot, but we're not going to give up on this. So one of the main things that I'm setting out here to do, and I'm, I'm throwing down the gauntlet right here. I want to grow the audience for this podcast to the point where it actually becomes influential enough to be able to do something on this front because I am sick of bodybuilding being the way it is right now with, um, you know, the NPC is the 800 pound gorilla of organizations and they do some things well and they do some things very poorly. Um, other organizations, you know, drug tested natural organizations follow suit in the amateur ranks and, uh, the NPC, they have a lot of sway. So, uh, if we can get the NPC to change, um, and be a little bit more friendly to the competitor, a little bit more, uh, what's the right word here? A little less lacking in integrity and, and transparency. That's going to benefit everybody. Everybody benefits from that. Bodybuilding as a whole benefits from that. The credibility of bodybuilding benefits from that. And it can go from being a fringe joke thing as, you know, anybody who doesn't compete you know, everybody has stories about, you know, when they've talked to non-bodybuilders, oh, I know somebody who did that, and blah, 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 blah. And it's seen as this like weird outcast kind of thing. A lot of that will never change, but a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, there's this question like, well, how do you judge a physique? And, you know, you get people who have been doing this for years and years and years, and you still don't know. It's like, I don't know. I look at the results from my last show. I don't know. I, I can't justify those placings. I have no idea. Um, which reminds me, I need to do my daily check in my spam folder and email to see if I've gotten any judges feedback yet. I'll be surprised if that has happened. Oh, Christopher Ray has emailed me. All right. He is the uh, former um, uh, director of the FBI. Great. I got email from him. That's cool. Um, what else do we have here? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yep, 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 yep. Nope, nothing, nothing. So um, I have still not heard anything um, from uh, regarding feedback for from the judges for my show. At this point, I know I'm not going to. Um, and here's the thing: like, I sent some photos, and you know, it's over three weeks post show at this point. And th they made a point during the um, competitors meeting, um, like when you request feedback, you know, send some photos, but make sure they're good ones, blah, 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 blah. Okay, cool. So I did that. My wife took some great photos from, from the audience. Um, they're like, if you send a photo from off, off to the side that just shows you and you're not standing square or anything like that, we're not going to be able to tell much from there. The point being like, once you're off that stage, we don't remember who the fuck you are, which, of course, I know that. Um, so the further and further it gets from the show, what they're doing is evaluating that photo in a vacuum with no memory of who you were on stage. So the feedback becomes less and less useful at that point. Right now, 
anybody who judged that show doesn't remember a single person that was up on stage. I promise you that. Um, so they're just looking at the photos and they're going to look at that and be like, who's this guy? I don't remember this guy. Okay, whatever. Um, and they're going to look at the photos and they're going to be like, well, here's what I would work on, blah, 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 blah. But you know what I really want to know? What I really want to know is why did I get seventh and this guy got fifth? You know, when my, my physique is better than his in every way. <laughs> That's the thing that really confounds me right now. I'm like, what is that? I don't really care. Oh, I'm not worried about the placing. I'm not. I just would like an answer or an explanation. And even if I got them to answer that, it wouldn't be satisfactory. They, they would find something to justify their decision rather than saying, hmm, yeah, you're probably right. It probably shouldn't have been in place like that. No one's going to say that. So anyway, that's beside the point. How far do we blow up the NPC? That, that is really the, the, the starting point for the discussion here. Why do we start with the NPC? Well, you know, let's take down the biggest giant first. You know, I mean, that's where everybody competes. Well, not everybody, but more people compete there than anywhere else. So if we wanted to make some kind of a, a difference, we've got more voices in the mix here because there are more people directly invested in the NPC. So um, a few things regarding just categories. So look, let's look back to how bodybuilding started, right? It was men's bodybuilding, and then it was women's bodybuilding, right? It was two categories, one for men, one for women. Very simple at that point. If you want to do a bodybuilding show, the only question is, are you male or female? Cool. Here you go. This is the category you're in. And then we started introducing figure was the next one. Okay. All right. And then we introduced bikini, men's physique. Okay. Well, now women have three options. Men have two. Okay. Shoot. Fitness was in there at some point as well, but it was really, you know, it wasn't something that was, that somebody would choose to do. It was kind of selected for you if you had the, the physical ability to do a gymnastics routine. Um, and then, uh, they've added classic physique. They added wellness. So now we've got all these options here. And the lines have become so blurred at this point. And I think um, what they've done with classic physique, probably a little too late, but it's, it's not too late to fix it here. The thing that they did is they instituted a weight cap. Um, so they have height classes, but they have weight limits for those height classes. So why can't we institute that for men's physique? Why can't we in- implement that for, uh, for figure? For women's physique to help delineate between women's right now, um, women's bodybuilding disappeared. Well, now it's coming back. Um, and so you, you have a lot of women that are like, do I do physique or do I do bodybuilding? Well, you know what? Why don't we institute um, weight caps for height? That's going to answer a lot of this. So what this is going to do, um, and I, I read some of the comments on the Instagram page. It's like, you know, men's physique guys, if you institute a weight cap, all they're going to do is, you know, it's going to give them further um, reason to, you know, not grow their legs. Or they'll, they'll work to downsize their legs so they can add more upper body size. I just don't see that happening. I don't see anybody that is so tied to men's physique that they're going to atrophy their legs. They're going to lose four pounds of muscle from their legs so they can put four pounds of muscle on their upper body. That is a dumb argument. That is an argument for something that is just never going to happen. Or I'm sorry, an argument against something that is just never going to happen. Nobody's going to do that. There's probably some dipshit out there that would do it. But is it going to be a systemic problem? Hell no. Um... So I don't see that as being valid. That's just not not a an honest argument, not in, not intellectually honest. Um, but 
what this would do. And of course, the caps have to be lower. Like, you know, if you are six foot um, in classic physique, the weight cap's 205. So if you're six foot in men's physique, you know, the cap should probably be, you know, should probably be like a 10 pound difference. It's going to take some trial and error to figure out where that needs to be. But I'd say six foot 195 for men's physique. That's about it. That's your cap. Um, six foot at 205, like that's a lot of size. That's a lot of size. Um, you can carry a lot with that as the weight cap if you get lean enough. Now, it is going to encourage people to get leaner too, which I'm okay with that. That's fine. Um, but it gives people a little bit more guidance as well. So um, I think right now um, there's a lot, of, a lot of guys who think about like, well, should I do men's physique or classic physique and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? Look at the, uh, look at the weight cap for classic physique. Let's get a guess at where you're going to come in. If your weight cap is 205 and you're going to show up on stage at 177, guess what? Classic physique isn't for you. You got 30 pounds of muscle you can put on before you have to worry about that. So, no. Um, so, the a weight cap for men's physique, um, if it's in there as well, not a floor, but just a ceiling, um, can help provide a little bit more guidance and also, you know, kind of put a governor on the whole thing as well. It's like you can't have these guys because at a lot of shows, the men's physique guys from the waist up, they're bigger than the classic guys. How does that make any sense at all? It is just stupid. It, it's beyond stupid. So at that point, the only real difference is wardrobe um, and the fact that you're, you're not putting any kind of limitations on competitors in men's physique, which you do in classic. That makes zero sense. So I think that's something that needs to be thrown into the mix. And if you get a lot of guys who then suddenly find themselves not eligible for classic physique, eh, sorry. Work on your classic poses. Get some trunks. Uh, make sure your legs are up to snuff. And to be clear, most of the guys that are up and would be above any kind of imposed weight cap, they have legs already. I know that's the knock on, on men's physique because it's for guys that don't have legs. But if you're up against that weight cap, you got legs. All right, it's not a concern. So um, they might need a little bit of, of work and detail, but they're there. Like at a very basic level, they're there. So. Uh, I, I really like that idea just, uh, and I think it makes sense to implement for women as well. Um, I, I don't think it's as big of a problem for women. Um, but certainly it exists for sure. And I think the, the biggest distinction is going to be the one between women's physique and bodybuilding. Um, cause bodybuilding right now is just weight classes. Um, there are no height classes, so there needs to be some uniformity as well. And maybe one thing that happens is also for men's bodybuilding, we implement height classes, um, with, uh, you know, weight ranges as well. Uh, and maybe with bodybuilding, it's more like a floor. Like you, you have to be at least this weight uh, to be in this high class, something like that. Cause that's really what I'd be more worried about in bodybuilding is like, am I, am I big enough for this? And that might provide a little bit more guidance. So I think, uh, just on a category definition level, there are things that we could do, um, to, to make that, uh, to, to make that whole thing have a little bit more integrity. Cause right now, if you get the same guy winning, you know, his class in multiple categories, it's kind of like, what's the point of having these categories? That's dumb. It's just dumb. Uh, and then uh, something just about the overall structure of the show as, as well. And we've talked about this a lot um, with uh, prejudging and finals. That format needs to just never exist ever again. There's ne never should be another show on the planet that is done with a prejudging and finals format that are hours and hours apart, a morning and an evening component. It's just stupid. The show that I did was men in the morning, women in the afternoon. You could change that up. I'd be fine with that. Like I love being done at one in the afternoon, but if I don't start until three, 
and I'm done at six or seven, hey, at least I don't start until three. I, I don't have to run, rush, hurry, hurry, hurry in the morning. You've got, you know, you can sleep in a little bit. You can relax. You can take it easy. You know, it changes the whole... Just having to be on all day long is exhausting and it sucks. Um, having to wait around, wait around, wait around. So um, I'm not suggesting that the men always go first um, or that it's always men and women. It could be like, hey, men's bodybuilding is at 10. Cool. Um, women's figure is at 11:30. Okay, cool. Classic physique is at one. All right, bikini is at 2:30. Something like, you know, that's fine. You can alternate back and forth. It doesn't matter. Um, but just having the, the format of the show put together in a way that is more conducive for the competitors as well as for the audience. Like the one thing that was really, really helpful about the way that it was run at the show that I was at was that my wife and our friend Trey could be there for both components of the show. God forbid I would actually win any hardware. They could have seen that as well. Um, so they got to see prejudging. They got to see my individual routine. They didn't have to pick and choose or just let the whole day go to shit and do both and just make it a long day that sucks for everybody. Um, so it was really, really good for the audience to be able to see the people that they're there to support um, and see them do everything that they're going to do. And not have to pick and choose, well, do we go to prejudging or do we go to finals or do we just make it a horrible day and do both? Um, so I like that a lot. And, you know, the promoters, they can charge more for that ticket since they're not going to be selling two. But clearly, I mean, how many people, there, there should be statistics on this, how many people buy a ticket as an audience member for both prejudging and finals? I can't think it's too many, like the hardest core of the hardcore. Whereas if you charge a higher price and let people in for the whole thing, um, you can actually increase ticket revenue if you get the right price point there. So, um, I think that's a lot smarter, uh, a lot smarter. Uh, what else needs to change? Plenty. God. Um, judging transparency. We talked about that. And I, I mentioned when I was up on stage, I could tell there wasn't anybody looking at me when I was up there. Like I was in the second call out. They did not give a shit. Um, and that's just disrespectful. So I'm not worried about the placing. I, I am more worried about the fact that, uh, they just clearly did not give a fuck about the group that I was up there with. Like they figured out their top five and everybody else is like, who gives a shit dartboard it. And, uh, you know, these people can be in random order and it doesn't matter. Um, which is just disrespectful because everybody put in the same amount of work and everybody deserves fair judging. But the judge, what the head judge was not, he was calling out the poses while looking down at his table, looking down at his paper. He was not looking at a thing. I was watching him. He wasn't looking at anybody up on stage. So that's frustrating. Um, but also I've talked about, you know, transparency and judging as well. Like you're scoring people on these certain criteria, um, but then you're just awarding a single number. So, I mean, the, the criteria being like size, symmetry, conditioning, presentation. Um, but then you just award a number one, meaning this person is first in this category. Three, this person is third in this category. Well, how do you justify that? Like, 
I, I would much rather see people get ranked. I, I would rather have the the um, time uh, the time on stage take a little bit longer, and have everybody ranked according to those categories or those criteria. Like, well, this person, you know, their symmetry is really good. They just don't have a lot of size. Okay, so for symmetry, man, they're better than everybody else. They get a one for symmetry. They're a little undersized. Out of this group of six, they get a four for that. Okay, cool. Um, and then have, you know. Have the governing body make a determination as far as what's more important. And maybe it's that everything gets equal weight. So you have five criteria. They all account for 20% of your total score. Cool. Maybe for presentation, that gets weighted down a little bit less. Like in presentation, I always think of like, you know, how attractive somebody is. Well, maybe in men's bodybuilding, that just doesn't really matter all that much. Maybe in bikini, it matters a lot more. I don't think it should. I think that's incredibly sexist, but you know, whatever. We can't solve all the world's problems all at once. Um, but uh, you know, do, does anybody give a shit about the hairstyle of a men's bodybuilder? No. Do they care about the hairstyle of a bikini competitor? Yeah. Should they? No. But whatever. It is what it is. Um, I'd love to change that over time too, but one thing at a time. Uh, so maybe that gets, uh, maybe the weighting is a little bit different from one category to the next. But if you post that so that people are aware of like, oh man, okay, so the NPC is saying here that size is more important than everything else. Okay, cool. They have the ability to control how people show up on stage. Like if they want to see more of a focus on symmetry, like symmetry is 40% of your score. Um, size and conditioning are 20% each and then something else or two other things make up the remaining 20%. Okay. That's putting a huge, uh, huge emphasis on symmetry. Cool. That's what we need to work on more so than size. If we can win the symmetry game, then we can be a little undersized. We can be a little lacking in conditioning and be okay. Just having those things posted so that they can guide how people train, it can guide how they prep, and they have some idea. I mean, there's still, you know, there's always going to be weird calls where you see on stage, like, really? You think that person has better symmetry than that person? Eh. But at least you're getting more data and more information to work with rather than just, well, they say this person's better than that person. I don't agree with that. Well, better in what way? Like, let's fucking break it down. Um, so the judging criteria are up there for a reason. Let's score people on that. And have everybody, you know, plug in their scores into an iPad. The head judge has an app that tabulates that all in real time. So, you know, the judges are all sitting there. They fill, they fill out their little matrix. Competitor number 24. Okay, you know, um, I'm going to rate everybody here on size. Okay, da-da-da-da-da. I'm going to rate everybody in symmetry. Da-da-da-da-da. Okay, da 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 Submit. Cool. The head judge gets everything. All right, cool. And then, honestly, I'd be like, all right, thanks, guys. Now let's do routines for these people. Boom. Cool. Um, which requires, like, your MC is going to have to be out there on stage the whole time. That's fine. Give them more to do. Your DJ is going to have to be ready. That's fine. Give them more to do. People can be on for this stuff. You do the judging. Do the routines while you're still looking at the same group of people. The show will move slower, but one, you know, once your class is up and, and done, you're gone. That's it. It's like you're on stage, you're off stage, you go home. Um, so the show moves a little slower, but you don't have to circle back and see people later on that you saw earlier. Like, oh, they're coming back for their routine now. Ugh. Like, make it all more efficient. And at that point, it's more relevant for the crowd as well because they've just seen all these people get judged. Okay, now let's watch them all do routines. Cool. All right. Knock those routines down to 30 or 45 seconds. They just don't need to be any longer than that. Good Lord. 
Uh, mine was a minute. It was probably 30 seconds longer than it needed to be. Like enough time to hit three or four or five poses. Great. The problem is you're making these shows so much. They're, they're so much bigger with more people competing. You've got more, more people competing. You've got more categories available as well. They're just getting longer and longer and longer. You've got more crossover potential. So you're looking at more, pe- the, more people in more categories. Uh, enough. You, you got to cut the cord somewhere. So cut down the routine time. Um, that, that's a huge thing. But I would say, you know, like, okay, classic physique, open C. Here's prejudging. Cool. Do first call out, second call out. All right. Classic open physique. Here's your routines. Competitor number 42. Boom. Come on stage. Do your 30 to 45 second routine. Great. Off. Next, next, next. Cool. Presentation. Top five. Here they are. Boom, 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 boom. All right. Cool. Everybody else go home. Great. Top five. Here you go. Fifth, fourth, third, second, first. Congratulations. Photos. Bloom. But all right. Go home. Classic physique, open C, you're done. Unless one of you has crossed over into something else that you have to stick around for later. Um, honestly, if I was running a show, that's how I'd do it. That's how I'd do it. Have the scoring be transparent. That's something that I, as a promoter, couldn't change. You have some control over the format of the show, but the NPC can also really kind of dictate how that all works. They're like, this is what we're pushing. This is what we want people to do. Um, but the the scoring thing has to come as a mandate from up above, and I would love nothing more than to see big changes in how that's presented. Um, it will require a little bit of technology, it will require a little bit more from the judges, um, but the return on the investment that you get from that, from the extra effort that gets put in, from the extra time that gets spent on it, um, everybody gets instant feedback. You know, the, get those. Um, you know, if it's all electronic, great. Um, as soon as that class is done it, within the app, the head judge has the ability to hit a publish button. It goes up to the website, and boom, it's there online, so that you can, as soon as you walk off stage, you can see the score sheets. I mean. It's 2021. It's almost 2022. Why can't we do that? Like, let's get that transparency in judging going. And if you set those criteria and you go to npcnewsonline.com and you go to rules, judging, classic physique, boom, here's the criteria you are judged on. Overall symmetry, 30%. Overall size, 30%. Overall conditioning, 30%. Presentation, 10%. Cool. Those are the things that we grade you on, and that's how much importance they get. That gets factored into a scoring rubric. The judges will grade how they see it, and then the math gets done from there, and the math figures out who wins. And it's less of a judgment call. The judges still have to make their determinations as far as how they see people ranked next to everybody else, because you got to make a judgment call. Like, well, you know, this person, you know, their legs are really good, but their upper body's a little undersized. How do I score? them according to size so it's not you're not turning it all into a math exercise there's still judgment involved there's just more transparency involved and like i said you're giving the competitors the leg up so that they know where the priorities need to be it maddens me that we're not doing this right now already like we've got to do this we've got to do this otherwise the, the you know it's, it's sometime in 2022 another category is going to get announced and it's going to be who the fuck knows what it is, but it's going to be something where it's going to be like a, like WBFF has done with like a mainstream model or a transformation category or some shit like this, whatever. All of these could be valid. The point is we don't need more at this point. We absolutely don't need more, but um, if we're going to have more, we need the quality of the overall event to be higher. 
We need to put in distinctive lines delineating where one category stops and the next one starts. And we need to be more efficient with how we run the event as well. So that's kind of what I'm getting at here. There's going to be poll questions about this. You better believe it. Absolutely. That's all I got for today. So I will leave you with that. Check out the website, thedropset.com, fivestarphysique.com. Go to facebook.com slash fivestarphysique or Facebook and search for The Dropset Listeners and uh, request access to that group. And if you are part of a couple, a power couple, swole mates who train together, who prep together. I want your stories. Um, so call in 865-518-2974. Hit me uh, up uh, through the website, fivestarphysique.com. You can email me at darren at fivestarfitness.com or through social media, Instagram at darren underscore star or send me a message through Facebook um, under Five Star Physique.